Hey everybody, good morning, good Friday morning. Pastor Paul here, so glad you've joined us. It is indeed Friday, March 26, 2021, and we are continuing our trek through the book of Exodus, and we are now up to Exodus chapter 24. God has given, well, first of all, God has brought the people of Israel out of Egypt. He saved them, redeemed them, claimed them for his own. He's given them his law. And now he is going to confirm the covenant he's made with them. And this undoubtedly is one of the, the most um, theologically significant and also culturally bizarre passages um, that we come across in the Old Testament. And that's saying something, okay? So, so we're going to read Exodus 24, verses 1 through 11. We're going to try to figure out what's going on in this passage and then talk about why, why, why it is so significant to us as believers. Okay, verse, 20, verse 1, chapter 24. Then, this is God speaking, Then he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship from afar. Moses alone shall come near to the Lord, but the others shall not come near, and the people shall not come up with him. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the rules. And all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and twelve pillars according to the twelve tribes of Israel. And he sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to the Lord. And Moses took half the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he threw against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people, and they said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. And Moses took the blood and threw it on the people, and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. There was under his feet, as it were, a pavement, a sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. So what we have here in these 11 verses of chapter 24 is a covenant ceremony. Okay, it's very similar to the covenant ceremony that that God enacted with Abraham, remember, when, when, when Abraham cut the pieces of the animals in two and he walked through the pieces and then God walked through the pieces and it was a covenant that it was a sign that, that Abraham would fulfill his end of the covenant and God was saying, I'll fulfill my end of the covenant. Now, remember that a covenant is not like a contract, okay, that can be broken. It is a life and death bond and the way that covenants are always sealed or consecrated or enacted um, is through blood okay and and what we have here in Exodus 24 is a covenantal ceremony okay where the people are committing themselves to God God is committing themselves to the people and this this covenant is being sealed in blood now here we have God calling Abraham, Aaron, I'm sorry, Moses, Aaron, his sons, and 70 of the elders up to the mountain. Um, and so they're being separated from the people. 
But Moses, remember, is always the mediator here. It is only Moses who is allowed to draw close, quote-unquote, to God. And as he does so, God commands that um, all of these animals and bulls and goats shall be slaughtered, and half of the blood okay, was to be poured on um, the altar, and the other half, um, most bizarrely, is to be thrown or sprinkled or tossed into the people. Now, we can imagine um, what, what Osho would do with this in today's modern culture or, or just how this would offend our sensibilities or, you know, this is, this is um, hygienically unclean and, and freak out. But, but in actuality, this is really at the heart, okay, of this idea of the covenant. Because remember what Hebrews tells us, without the shedding of blood. There is no forgiveness. There is no remission of sins. And, and this blood was to, be, was to remind the people of Israel that it should have been their blood shed for their own sin, but instead God is accepting this sacrifice of blood of animals in their place, okay? And, and we think about this blood being thrown into the people. Um, think about this for a second. Um, this blood would come in contact with their skin, okay? Um, a vivid reminder as they looked at their skin that that should have been their blood, that blood was being shed for them. Blood would be splattered on their clothes, okay? And if you know anything about washing clothes, you know that it's very difficult to get blood out of clothes. And particularly out in the wilderness, you can imagine these blood stains would be ongoing, would be enduring. And every time the Israelites would wear that piece of clothing that they wore on that day and they would see that blood, they would be reminded that they had made a covenant with God and God had made a covenant with them that he had sealed it by um, the shedding of this blood, right? Now, we understand it wasn't, there wasn't something magical or, that, or, or this blood had some kind of secret mojo to us, right? Because after all, the blood, as the writer of Hebrew tells us, the, the blood of bulls and goats, okay, can't take away sin. No, rather this was a sign, a symbol, that the Israelites needed a permanent sacrifice for sin and that that was something only God could provide or lift up, which we now understand, okay, as in fact, the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ was going to be what permanently atoned for and took away sin, okay? And what I thought we could, we could do um, is, is, is read just a few passages from the New Testament, which remind us once again um, of why this idea of the shedding of blood, uh, or more, even more specifically, the shedding of blood of a sacrifice was so important and why all of this pointed to Christ. So Hebrews 9, um, 13. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of defiled persons with the ashes of a heifer sanctify for the purification of the flesh, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So in other words, this blood of bulls and goats that was thrown on the people of Israel, it was to remind them that they needed a perfect sacrifice. They needed to be cleansed and purified one time. And the author of Hebrews tells us that's Jesus, okay? Um, this is his blood, okay, that permanently takes away our sin. This is why Jesus said in Matthew 26, 28, where this is the blood 
of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Um, I'm just going to highlight a couple other passages, and you can go look at these later. Um, Revelation 12:11, and they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they love not their lives even unto death. Revelation 1:5, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Hebrews 10:19, therefore, brothers since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus. Okay, just a couple more. Hebrews 13, 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant. Okay. Um, 1 Peter 1, 2. According to the foreknowledge of God the Father and the sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience to Jesus Christ and for sprinkling with his blood. We could go on and on, okay? This is not a peripheral theme in the New Testament. In fact, it's the very heart of the gospel that blood was needed to take away the sins of the people. Blood was shed in the Old Testament, sprinkled on the people to remind them of this, but always pointing to and fulfilled in the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ, who now, we, we, he is not, doesn't have to be offered up repeatedly, okay? Um, he's offered himself up once for all and now makes atonement for us um, at the judgment seat of God. Now, it's very interesting what happens after this blood is thrown on the people. Okay, look at verse 9. Back to Exodus 24. Then Moses and Aaron, 70 elders, the sons, saw the God of Israel, and they saw there was under his feet, as it were, a pavement, a sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. Okay, um, And he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. They beheld God and ate and drank. So it seems that God has given them a glimpse, a picture, a shadow of himself in his heavenly rule. They are able to see God in some way or experience his presence. Okay? and his glory, and his majesty, and his throne, and his footstool, and they're allowed to live. Not only are they allowed to live, it says God did not lay a hand on them. In fact, they beheld God, meaning they came into the presence of God, and they ate and drank. In other words, they sealed their covenant meal okay, together. Um, and, and remember, eating with someone in the ancient world um, was something you only did with friends, only with intimates, only with family. And the fact that they are now able to sit down and feast with God is an indication of the power of the blood of the covenant to bring these parties together. I don't think we have to stretch it to say, obviously, this is a foretaste of the wedding feast of the Lamb, right? Because Jesus has laid his blood down for us, has thrown his blood on us, so to speak, now we come into his presence. We see him face to face. He will not lay a hand on us. In fact, he invites us into his feast um, for, to, to eat with him, to fellowship with him, to be in communion with him, all because of the blood of Jesus Christ. And it seems, as we read Revelation, that we'll never get past the blood of Christ. That, in other words, we will forever sing of it. We will ever proclaim it. We will forever celebrate it. Um, we'll forever remember it. We will be partaking of the of the 
in some way the covenantal ceremony for all eternity um, celebrating the lamb that was slain on behalf of us so so guys exodus 24 so rich so full of imagery so um christ-centered and gospel-centered um atonement comes first then communion and fellowship with god what a great reminder for us right we only come into the presence of his god of god we only receive his grace by virtue of the fact that jesus blood was shed first for us so let's run to him today all right that's it for exodus 24 we will pick things back up first thing monday morning but for now let me pray for us lord what a glorious amazing awesome passage to carry us into the weekend to remind us that you've sprinkled our consciences clean clear with the blood of christ there's nothing we can do to atone for ourselves there's nothing we can do to make up quote unquote for our sins that's all done through the cross of christ and lord we pray that we would run to that cross today and to jesus and it's in his name we pray amen thanks everybody hope you have a great weekend see you back here monday morning it'll be holy week